1: Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and listen to Matt Slick live. It's uh, the second of February, twenty twenty-three. So, if you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Now, a couple things. I spent a lot of time today working on video uh, clarity and stuff. It's really kind of become a an issue, and uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I've tried cable differentiation. I've tried, uh, I researched the motherboard in my system. Um, You know, I've gone in and made adjustments. I did all kinds of stuff. Uh, It's a good break from some of the theology that I write all the time, but uh, the goal is to try and and make the uh, experience here of coming here uh, even better. All right, having said that, not a big deal. We have wide open lines if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276 877 2276 Also, if you want to email me say so you don't want to be on the air you can email me a question or a comment and I often get to them and all you're going to do is uh, just write to info at org. and I'm looking at it uh, as I, you know, as I see I'm just looking right at it So that's what I do and uh, if you want to do that you want to participate, you can it's so you can just uh, check things out Alright, and um Let's see. Let's see. You know, has got a lot of things. going. Oh, there's a call coming in. Let me see. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh boy, how do you respond to someone who thinks non-believers are better for, than believers for providing reproductive health care? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say. I'd say uh, so. Killing the life in the human in the in the womb is uh, is is health care. So how does How does it help uh, to kill? so just explain how that works and generally you've got to understand that the people who are pro-abortion, who are just full of anger and uh, death at this, uh, they don't have a heart of, of gold, you know they have a heart of wickedness and they want to destroy life for their own convenience they redefine it and deny it they do all kinds of things that are just flat out evil and so uh... Though we can be delivered from it, and uh, Christ's blood can uh, free us from uh, that, uh, we have to turn to Him and trust in Him. So, uh, I would say that one of the things when I've talked to uh, you know, I call them pearl boards, I call them other things. When uh, when I have discussions with them, I like to ask them a series of questions. And one of the questions, you know, I'll begin with, it, is uh, is what's in the womb alive? And uh, just say, is it alive? They'll often come back. Well, it's not human life. I just I didn't ask that. Is it alive? And they'll say, Well, yes, it's alive. Okay, so it's alive. All right. Um, is it a dog? No, it's not a dog. Is it a cat? No, it's not a cat. Would it be okay to transport it into the womb of a dog? You know, if if it's not human, it should be, shouldn't be a problem, right? And uh, you know, they, well, no, you shouldn't, well, why not? And we get into this, and I, I go down that, that line asking them to defend their position. And then I'll, I'll ask them uh, when, and this is something to think about, for those of you who uh, approve of killing the babies in the womb, just for the convenience of the mother. Um, that life that's in the womb, it doesn't begin at conception, incidentally it continues at conception. The uh, sperm and the egg are both uh, alive and they come together and life continues. So if you don't know when life uh, becomes human in the womb then you shouldn't destroy it because you're actually saying that, well I don't know when it is, well in that case it could be any time, right? And then what they'll tell me is they'll give me a date. They'll say, uh, well, after four months, they'll say, how do you know that's the right date? You know, it's just so easy to dismantle them, how do you know it's the right date? And then they'll say, well, it's, you know, it's the mother's body, she can do what she wants. Really? Is it okay for her to um, uh, take drugs, you know, heroin, is that okay, just her body, right? It's her body to uh, you know to be in a car and drive around at hundred and twenty miles an hour on freeways. Is that okay? It's just hers and her car. And people don't think critically. They don't think clearly. And I'm dead serious. They don't think through these things. And the reason is because they they serve death rather than life. They want death rather than life. And I'm reminded of uh, you know First Timothy four and it says uh, the spirit explicitly says in later times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons and this is demonic doctrine to just kill the life that's in the womb of the mother and just to kill it. Why? Oh it's, inc- it's inconvenient. Why? Well because you know my, my, uh, my job is more important you know, the women who are like that to me are, are disgusting. You know, their career is more important than the life of a child. Uh, you know, I just, I want nothing to do with them. That's not a woman, that's uh, a female uh, who's self centered. And um, just like men, and the counterpart, uh, who only want to have relations, they get pregnant and they say, take care of it, uh, get rid of it. Uh, those are. Uh, males. I don't call them men. I just call them males. Real adults are other-centered focusing on others, desire the welfare welfare of others. They want uh, for others to succeed. This is other-centered. This is what love is. And they're godless. They're loveless and uh, full of hate, condemnation, mockery. There's a lot of bad that's going on in the world and this is a a real evil, and I'm just going to say say for what it is. It's an evil and it should be stopped. What's surprising is how much God has allowed us to exist uh, for so long in such um, abject rebellion against us. It's it's horrible. It, It is horrible, but more is coming and I, you know, I don't want to depress the crud out of everybody, but I just want to tell you that I've studied the Bible and what it says, and let me just tell you that uh, because when the unbelievers uh, are the ones who are in control, death follows. When they are in absolute control, death follows, and it, more will come. Sorry, it's depressing. and the reason I tell you is because you need to prepare yourself just as Jesus warns people. You know the sign to the coming of the storm. He says. prepare, you should know these things and get ready to flee the hills. And uh, a lot of people think, well, but we're in America, don't worry about it. What's happening is the water and the temperature is being turned up little by little and Christians are becoming accustomed to it more and more. But more and more people need to pronounce judgment upon these evils and they want to do them. And we need to pray for them. But this is what needs to happen. There's a lot more I could say about it, but uh, that's truth. Let's get to John from Texas. John, welcome. You're on the air.
2: Hey, good evening, man. I believe we spoke the other day about the large crop salute.
1: I'm sorry? Say it again?
2: Yeah, Go I was ahead. saying good evening. I believe we spoke the other day
1: about the large absolute. Okay. All right. Okay.
2: Yes. yes. So with it being such a profound concept, I don't think mm-hmm. we exactly struck the point I wanted to get to the other day. All right, so go ahead. Yeah, and sort of to help the, uh, to, to, hold up, sorry, uh, to help make this clear for both of us, I wanted to get to two things, which are I'd like to only focus on what you think the logical absolutes are and share a logical syllogism with you.
1: Well, laws of logic, you know, for example, the three laws of classical logic, you know, law of identity, law of non-contradiction, law of excluded middle. Yeah?
2: No, yeah, yeah, we're in agreement there. It's uh, yeah. a, a different kind of logical uh, it's, uh, logical syllogism okay. It helps run this by you real quick. I'm sure you would agree sure. with it. So, okay. uh, premise one is... Uh, I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, premise one is the logical absolutes exist and are conceptual by nature.
1: Agree with that? Okay. Yes.
2: Okay. Premise two, the substance, substances that are conceptual by nature require a mind to exist. Do you agree Substances with that?
1: Substances that are better conceptual require minds, yes. Okay. Promise
2: three, the logical absolutes are not contingent on a human mind to exist. Right. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay, so the conclusion is, therefore, the logical absolutes are contingent on a universal, immaterial mind that exists, and this mind is what we call God.
1: Yes. Okay,
2: okay. so... Because you agree with this, uh, the critical disagreement here between me and you, and perhaps what you and Matt disagree disagreed with, is that the logical absolutes are conceptual by nature. Okay. Okay, and um, I pulled a quote from you to help uh, illustrate the exact point I'm wanting to um, sure. make here. Is that You said, God did not author logical absolutes. They are, what we would say, a part of his nature. God cannot make a not a anymore that he could stop being God or he could lie because he must operate under his nature. Would you agree with that? That's, yes. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, he has to operate because with, okay. with his own nature, of course. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so while the statement God cannot lie or stop being God may be a conceptualization the nature that that statement points to is not conceptual.
1: Yeah. It's a conceptual thing that points to something non conceptual, right?
2: Yes. Uh, is it we in agreement there?
1: Yeah, the statement is a conceptual uh, uh, actuality that's pointing to something non conceptual, right?
2: Okay. Yes.
1: Okay, so the statement's conceptual, but okay, good. Pointing to something non conceptual, it's descriptive, okay? Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. The nature refers to an inherent, uh, an, in, an, an inherent characteristics or qualities of something, while concepts refer to general ideas or understanding. <coughs> we good me. there?
1: Boy. <clears throat> yeah, I hit my cough button and it didn't. There, I'll try. <laughs> sorry about that. No, you're um, good. Get a new one. No. Okay, go ahead. I, so I, I apologize for that, but uh, just no, you repeat perfect. that last statement? Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: So uh, it was just—I'm just kind of explaining exactly what's the difference between concepts and nature—to yeah, make sure I'm we're not ascribing, yeah, yeah nature but, with something that's
1: conceptual. Because concepts have a nature too, don't they?
2: Sh- sure, but uh, just because they sort of—they aren't directly—and they don't really directly have a relationship. You—you you, you could have a nature and not have a concept of it.
1: True. We perceive uh, the nature of something through the properties that it reflects. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and just because you know you have this certain nature doesn't make the nature in itself a conceptual reality. Is that fine?
1: I don't know, It on what you're talking about. But keep going.
2: Well, yeah, I'm just talking about inherent characteristics and whether or not I'm aware of it or if God is aware of it.
1: Well, you went too general there, but keep going, okay?
2: Yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is, because you have gone on record to say that the logical absolutes are part of his nature, yeah. you were sort of equating it with his nature, what makes him who he is. And just because God can speak himself or describe himself to us, doesn't make the logical absolutes conceptual by nature.
1: So, you're saying these laws uh, are, are not conceptual by nature? Is that what you're saying? These these concepts? Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, if nothing exists anywhere, just say nothing, 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 does logic sure. exist? Okay. Would logic exist then if nothing exists?
2: The logical models that we would build off the logical absolutes, such as pr- propositional logic, first order logic, those would not exist. Those require a mind because that is what we've built off of them.
1: Okay, you got to listen. If nothing exists, exists nothing. Do the laws of logic exist? There's a one required answer. The answer is
2: Yes, yeah, they, they still exist. Oh, well, okay, no, no, no you don't They, get, they you don't hear exist. Me. In this.
1: If nothing exists, then the laws don't exist because it's included in the scope of nothing. Come on, that was a simple one. That was simple. You shouldn't have stumbled on that one. Hey, we've got a break. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages. And we'll continue on this. We've got nobody waiting, so this will, we'll uh, do it. But 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877 877- Let's get back to John. Okay, John, I'm going to ask you a test question, okay? See how your logic yeah, is, go ahead. okay? If you jump high enough, can you touch the moon?
2: If I could jump high enough, could I touch the moon?
1: Yes. What's the answer? What's the
2: answer? Uh, well, I don't think that is physically possible. In a hypothetical situation, I'd say, yes, I could.
1: So the answer is yes or no. If you jump high enough, you can touch the moon. Is it yes, yes or I,
2: said, it? I, I said yes.
1: Okay, good. And because uh, if you don't touch the moon, you haven't jumped high enough, the question requires an affirmative. Just test, testing your logic. Okay, go ahead.
2: Yes, uh, well, uh, yeah, I was trying to exactly figure out what, it, what you were trying to do there, but I, I don't want to get a, sort I'll, of sidetracked.
1: Because with this. You, you, made a, you made a fundamental mistake uh, earlier. I forgot what it was, but you, you blew it. But anyway keep going keep going, keep going. If yeah and exists, i try to take that i
2: try to really retract problems. that i said something yeah. exists when you said nothing exists and yeah, I, I was right. trying to take that back and what okay. i was trying to what i was going to point out is that the logical absolutes they don't exist in the sense that uh they're physical or non-conceptual
1: they're because, um, physical and non-conceptual they don't exist as non-conceptual which means they, they are conceptual
2: Okay, so if I were to take... See, I think, I think we're starting to get a little sidetracked here because, like I said, I don't really exactly want to talk about what I think they are because I, I don't necessarily hold this naturalistic view, and if I did hold a naturalistic view, I, I would have to say they're either physical or conceptual. But let's just say, for okay. example, that we live in a universe that got, where God exists. Okay? Yeah. And what I'm trying yeah what I'm trying to point out is whenever you say that the laws of logic are part of God's nature
1: mm-hmm.
2: they that means that they aren't and you're saying what God nature is is it's spiritual then the laws of logic can't be conceptual reality they have to be i guess what you say a somewhat spiritual reality
1: yeah the problem here is it's to say they're part of God's nature is a very it, what does it mean it's part of his you know his lower third or what does it emanate out of his essence and his nature God is spiritual but what that means to, or it doesn't say spiritual but spirit which is not it doesn't have a body of flesh and bones we don't know what God's nature is so we can't then say the laws of logic correspond to any particular aspect of God's um, actuality other than to say we know that the laws of logic are conceptual entities. And whether you want to call them truth-bearing propositions or not, you know, as some people like to do, uh, we can get into the issue of their universality. Uh, they occur only in mines. Uh, they don't occur under rocks. Now, some people come back and say, well, they occur in logic circuits. Yeah, well, logic circuits in computers are designed by intelligence. They didn't randomly come together. They have to be uh, formed using the laws of logic in order to demonstrate their necessity in a physical sense. So even the laws of logic, require uh, I- embedded in materiality, required intelligence. So I don't see any reason to say that the laws of logic, which are universal abstract entities, uh, can exist apart from a universal mind, unless you can show me how. You know, go ahead.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I can't exactly, of course, I, it, to say that they're part of his nature, and trying to figure out what that is, you know, it's it, yeah. It's incomprehensible. I to, we, we, I, I wouldn't yeah. be able to put a necessary name on it.
1: Like, I could say they reflect his nature, you know. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm not exactly sure, you know. They reflect God's nature might be a better way to say it.
2: Okay. Sure, if they reflect his nature, I mean, does that mean God is sort of speaking about the logical absolutes from something that he is? like?
1: No. Now we're talking I, I'm, about, I'm, uh, you know, you can ask all kinds of questions. God's thinking about them. He already would have known about them. They're part and part, uh, parcel of his own nature.
2: Sure, but whether or not God can comprehend His nature doesn't doesn't change His nature, right? Doesn't change anything about it. Like just because God knows He can't lie, doesn't mean uh, He can ever start lying. You know? What I, are you kind of getting what I'm saying?
1: Okay. Let's see. I can't hear anybody. It looks like the internet might. Just talking out loud. Don't even know if what's going on. Um, hello. So let me. Hello. Yeah. Are you there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It did cut out. It did cut out. I don't know what
1: that was. Yeah. I don't know either. I, I was just gonna. I thought maybe my internet went down. But I, don't, I guess not. And things froze. So I don't know. Don't know what happened there. Okay. Anyway, let's let's continue.
2: Yes. Yes. And. um, Are you there? Okay. I, was, I was really hoping I, was, I, I got something here because the, last night I, I stayed up because I, was, I feel like I was able to get this through to you of the, the, the statement, you know, A equals A. That is a conceptual reality. If I were to disappear, if all minds were to disappear, that statement ceases. But, that, but in this sense, we're talking about the statement in which that statement points to is not conceptual. Because I I can't have a concept of exactly what that A equals A points to.
1: Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back. We had an Internet problem at, at, looks like on my end, and uh, it just tanked and went down, and then uh, we're back up and running. So we had some callers waiting, and I apologize for the difficulty and the confusion. I talked to the station on the phone, and uh, everything seems to be up in place. So that's what happened if you want to give me a call all you're going to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six i want to hear from you give me a call and we'll just uh you know we can blab we can do what you uh what you want to talk about so what i was talking about uh with this stuff there um i was entertaining the idea a little bit uh talking on this i want atheists to hear this issue i know that uh, a lot of people think that they've got answers to the, uh, the issue of the transcendental necessities. Let me just, you know, just tell you what these things are a little bit. And this is basic stuff. So uh, I'll go slowly, <laughs> okay? So I'm going to introduce some concepts. Primary and secondary substance. Primary and secondary. All right. So uh, you're sitting in church and you're seeing a bunch of chairs. You look at the chair in front of you. That's a primary substance. It's a chair primaries right there in front of you and a secondary substance would be the quality of chairness which is all around you all the chairs around you they all share a quality the primary is that thing you're looking at and the secondary is the aspect of the concept everywhere okay the aspect of this of the concept everywhere is a transcendental or universal it's a concept that has universal uh, applicability And so uh, that that's what's going on. It's just a universal and so the laws of logic are like that Instead of being physical chairs, they're conceptual uh, chairs, so to speak, Uh, they're conceptual things or laws They exist in different places. And so what's their nature? Their nature is that they're of, of the mind. All right. Well, how's that work then in an atheist worldview for example? Well there is no universal mind. How then do you obtain the universality of these laws? And that's a problem because they have various solutions but they all have problems and they don't work. But the Christian worldview is simple. All you gotta do is just uh, understand that God is behind it all. We can't connect all the dots because we don't understand the mind of God. And so we say well He's the one, his mind is everywhere, and we're made in his image so we can participate and understand those things, those laws that have a universal abstract quality to them, abstract being of the mind. And they don't vary, they're absolute, that is, they don't vary, and they're everywhere, not dependent upon us, so they're independent of us. So how do we come in contact with them? That's a good question, I don't have an answer for that. But uh, what's the condition for their existence? The necessary precondition for their intelligibility would be God himself. That's the whole point. All right, let's get to Anne from uh, Bedford, Virginia. Anne, welcome. You're on the air. Anne, I don't hear anything. Uh, So let's see. Well, we did have an internet problem. It may have messed up some. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay, that was on my end again. Well, uh, welcome. You're on. Your hey. hi.
0: My question is about burial. Okay. I'm new to reading the Bible. About nine months reading the Bible, and I want to understand if is burial part of the Bible. I cannot find anywhere in the Bible, and have nowhere near through the whole thing, but. I just want not understand. Is burial required?
1: Uh, required for what? Required for what?
0: To, to is it part of God's requirement To, to what for us to be buried? In other words, is cremation against God's?
1: Ah, now cremation's okay. Uh, uh, let's see, freezing. I guess <laughs> uh, no, be, no, being buried.
2: Freezing.
1: Yeah, so they're they're all acceptable. Uh, the, the, normally, it was just that they were buried. People were buried in the ground because that's what what you do with a with a body. Right. I used to study different cultures back in high school. I really remember this one class. It was interesting. One culture buried people in the ground up to their waist. Believe it oh. or not, another. Uh, culture buried people in by putting them in trees, strapping them into trees. So, oh. yeah, oh yeah. I don't want to tell you the details about that one, but uh, they Definitely they don't. put them in trees. <laughs> yeah, there's some other details about that. And so, uh, burial is just different stuff. People, what, what happens to people who uh, you know sh- the ship sinks and they die and they go to the bottom of the ocean, and their bodies are there. They're buried at sea, right. so to speak. This- that that's okay. You know, it's one of the
0: things I thought it. about, but I, I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything because I, I it'll be forever before I get the whole Bible. I just want to yeah. make sure I wasn't uh, yeah. baptism. I uh, wasn't. For, I I okay. grew up, I grew up in a major denomination.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: grew up under parents who loved God, who loved mm-hmm. their kids, who loved their community. Okay. Um, and I didn't continue in that church in adulthood and I okay. would not now, ever uh,
1: Can But I, ask I, wanted, what I denomination or?
0: I was I was baptized, baptized as a kid okay. and confirmed as, as a uh, teenager okay.
1: yeah
0: do I need to be baptized again?
1: that's a tough one because you're talking about the Roman Catholic Church most probably Um, and uh, I so the Roman Catholic Church is not Christian okay it's uh, a false church and it teaches a false gospel and idolatry and things like that and so does the Eastern Orthodox so here we go now I'm gonna say this once through we can talk about it I could make the case that the baptism even in the Roman Catholic Church is valid and the reason I could make that case is theologically I can connect the dots. So the name of the baptism formula, you know, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Roman Catholics affirm the true God and the true Christ, they do. And they affirm the true baptismal formula in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Their problem is they add a false gospel and yeah. they promote idolatry in Mary. So the question, aside from those other two things, is that baptism valid? Now, I'm not going to say it is. I'm not going to say it's not, because I can make a case either way. And so uh, what I would say is this. I would say that if you don't believe in that baptism, and you're not sure, and you want to do what's right, you want to make sure you're baptized, I just say go get baptized. Just go do it. Because God's not going to get mad at you for trying to do what's right. You're not sure if the if you know whatever church baptism is an infant was valid. That's a whole another topic. Infant baptism. Because I affirm infant baptism, but not for salvation. I affirm it as a covenant sign, and it doesn't have to save you at all. But as a covenant aspect, I'm a covenant theologian. And if you disagree, that's okay. I got lots of friends who don't agree with me, and that that's fine. It's a debatable issue.
0: No, I I, 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 kind of agree. My, my next question, one more question, please. I sure. have, uh, where, where I'm going to church now? Wants to baptize me, and it, they require me to put my testimonial on the internet.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa! I need yeah, to know what I church this is. Yeah, have a problem is. with that. Oh, I need to know what church this is.
0: Well. I know. It, it, it's a major denomination.
1: Is it, is it Baptist um, or what? It's not Mormon, is it? No. Okay, Mormon's not a cult. Mormon. Okay, good. Um, but
0: the minister is requiring you to put your testimony on on the Internet. And no. I just, I don't, there's, there's no requirement. On one, on one, no, there's no requirement. Well, I know that, it's by not me. a requirement of God, but I feel like... Have a problem with it, and the older people in the church do too. But I yeah, don't. Know. I he, do. It's, here, it's here's somebody hard for
1: me. Ask them what. Show me the scripture that that justifies this requirement. Just to do that, so show me the Bible where it says, and it says you get declare him publicly." I can do that in my church. I don't want to put it on the internet. I don't feel safe about it. I don't want my name out there. There's safety issues, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stuff like that. Okay, but so for him is to require is that. that even, is ridiculous. Even
0: if I don't, even if I don't agree, the church is recording all every service on the, on the internet. So yeah, even if you okay. say no, it's going to be recorded.
1: So well, it, no, you go to him in I private. Think, well, no, 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 no. Hold on, you go to them in private. And you say, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want it to be on the internet. Now, if they, he says, baptism it will be baptized on the internet, and you, you just don't feel comfortable with that. No problem. If I were your pastor and you said, "I just don't feel comfortable getting baptized," on, you know, while everybody's watching on the internet, okay, no problem. We'll do it privately. We'll do it without it. No problem. That's how it should be. Yeah. Okay. He should not require it. Okay. And if he says, "Oh, you have to do it on the internet," or it has to be on the internet, it has to be while we're doing it live. Just go to find another church. Sorry, but okay. it's just legalism and ridiculous assertion. If that's what would be the case, okay.
0: Okay. Thank you. God
1: bless. I hope that helps. Okay. Yeah. Okay. God God bless. Okay. That's interesting. I never heard that. Uh, I don't, maybe she's not representing the pastor properly and who knows, you know, but uh, it should not be required uh, to have a testimony on the internet or do it on the internet. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. Wide open lines. Give me a call. 877-207-2276. Be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's see, last segment of the hour. Hey, just want to let you know that we stay on the air by your support. I do want to say thank you to all of you who have supported. Uh, We had a great uh, matching funds drive uh, last in uh, December, last month of the year. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. And uh, I'll be making calls to people periodically. Uh, we have a lot of people to call. And I'll be making calls periodically. Not everybody, <laughs> just can't do it. But saying thank you, I'll be picking people. My wife will be picking people. Call this person. Okay, I'll just go and say thanks and stuff like that. We do appreciate it. But if you do want to continue to support us or you're thinking about helping us out, all you have to do is go to carm.org, C A R M dot O R G. And forward slash donate, and everything you need will be right there. Also, let's see. Um, I will be going to Israel uh, the last two weeks of, uh, of of February. So the last day I'll be on the radio live will be the seventeenth of, of of February. So Charlie is going to fill in, and uh, Charlie's an interesting guy. He's the one who read me the quote uh, that got me started in apologetics. We've known each other like 40 years. uh, He's a good head on his shoulders. And so he'll be filling in. So save your questions uh, for him, and be merciful to him, okay? Because he's not been doing it for 18 years like I have. So uh, that'll be that, and then when I get back... Well, I get back. I'm getting back on uh, Saturday, Sunday. So I should be back on the air on uh, March 6th, and then tentatively uh, scheduled to uh, be in Japan uh, on the last Friday of of March and go there for a, a Christian uh, Christianity tour in uh, Japan, and that'll be that. Be there for a uh, week and a half. Uh, yeah, and then. <laughs> And then a couple of months after that, I'm supposed to go to uh, to uh, Southern California uh, for a, a memorial service and since I'll be going down there, I'm going to stay probably a week and um, you know do some speaking, see some friends. I grew up there. And if people want me to speak at their churches or a Bible study or whatever, just all you have to do is just contact me. We'll be talking about that more later there you go all right wow a lot of stuff going on all right and that's good so what i'm going to do now is just get on to some of the emails that have come in uh... let's see uh... this is an email that came in if you want to email me by the way folks uh... me to address your question or comment on the air just email me at info at karm.org And if you want, you can give me a call, 877-207-2276. By the way, just thought of this, we're working on a social media page. Um, I have to go over it probably tomorrow. I got so much to do. Oh, man. And I have to get some uh, end-of-year tax letters things out. That took me a whole day to do my Excel wizardry and get everything prepped for uh putting it into another place and getting oh man and so there's that and um uh so we'll be getting into that anyway there's so much to do and it's a good thing though you know yeah i like being busy you know i i'm 66 i don't want to retire what are you gonna do if you're retired what are you gonna do hey hun what do you want to do <laughs> stop asking me okay an hour later hey hun what I'm bored. Go, go fishing. I did that yesterday. Well, don't bother me. That's how it's going to be. Okay. So <laughs> I'm trying to imitate my wife's voice, and uh, it just doesn't work. I don't do that very well. Oh, I have fun imitating my wife. <laughs> Hope she's not listening. Get a, a loving smack upside the head. What were you saying? <laughs> Nothing all right all right so here's an email let's see the mariner's chart as he sails the sea of life (laughs) that's it that's the uh, that's the email so I'm not sure what to do with that one but that's the whole email oh wow that was pretty tough hey how about this one let's see yesterday I heard your comments about dispensationalism and years past I did quite a bit of research about dispensationalism may I call and share what I learned of course you can Yeah, call up, you know, if you don't agree with me on dispensationalism, that's fine. You know, I don't I don't believe in dispensationalism, but if you do call up, we'll talk. You know, it's no big deal. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made answering questions or in apologetics? Kit asked me that question. I I have no idea. I've made so many. It's like... uh, It's like an iceberg of mistakes that i have made um over the years it's like you know if i had to pick one there's so many that that uh, could contend so what i for the top spot uh and that's just my opinion and then there's a whole other set that other people would say no that these are worse so i've certainly made a lot of mistakes um one of them is put up putting up with kit that's a huge one right there because uh you know he's he's got issues but um no i don't know what could i say if i were to say what's my biggest mistake mistake uh you know i could say uh, i've gotten angry a few times with people and uh you know i've, I've always tried to work on that uh and uh that's that's it you know you can be in situations where you're tested for a long period of time and you can lose it that's always bothered me and so I, I work hard to be as gentle as possible uh, I've made a lot of progress in that area so you know there's that I'm just uh, kind of talking out loud there all right let's see let's see we got that one uh, dispensationalism if you want to call yeah, I do not believe in dispensationalism Let's see, what kind of categories of truth exist in your mind, (laughs) Uh, i.e. your presuppositions uh, that differ from someone else's? What categories? I don't know. See, Robin asked that. I would have to know what categories that they have in their minds. And are you talking about one person's mind or everybody's minds? I don't understand. And what would be a category of truth? Because uh, is truth multifaceted? There are types of truth. I guess you could say categories. You know, there's truth. Uh, we could say that which is reflective of the mind of God. We could say it's true that if you, uh, you know, add two plus two equals four. It's true that if you jump off that cliff, you're going to die. There are different types of truth. Uh, so I'm not sure what we get into. I'm doing a study on differences between people on the topic of truth, not things we believe, think about normally or rationally, conclude via fluid thought. Hmm. But rather I'm interested in what fills our presuppositions that act like a truth identifier. Well see, now that's that's the thing you gotta talk about right there. What presuppositions do you have that are truth identifiers? Now that's the thing, because you have to understand That someone who would have a presupposition in order to identify truth is assuming the truth of their own presuppositions. So this is the catch about things like that. I have certain presuppositions, and I use them to determine truth. Okay, well, then how do you know your presuppositions are truthful? That's a question, and it's a good question to ask everybody. You could ask it of me. How do I know my presuppositions about God are true? Well, I can't prove to you that they are, that God's existence is Well, actually, I think I can, but uh, that's another topic. And so, you know, we get these issues. This is why presuppositionalism is very important. And what I'll do with people who discuss these things is, hey, you have different presuppositions. And uh, if you assume a certain position and then your position, your presuppositional worldview, your base, your set of presuppositions and assumptions, if what it is uh, can account for more facts and explanations of things, Then you're on the right track if it poses problems and then it can't account for things then you should abandon that presupposition or that that worldview you know stuff like that so uh, interested what fills the presuppositions That's a worldview such categories which act like a lens uh, we look through to see and understand the world or things in it that's correct as an example categories like real literal material historical come to mind that's true now you're being more specific very good These may describe your presuppositions made up of truth categories, but I'd like to hear from you. Well, I'm not sure. See, when someone asks me a question like that, I'm going to ask them questions. Uh, What do you mean by uh, truth? It's not me just challenging them. It's, well, what do you mean by truth? I'll write this down. And what basis? What, on what basis do you assume that's true? Because you have to have something you're working on in order to ask these questions. Because you're assuming the truth of the ability of me to understand questions as well as people to be able to make sense in questioning, and and that's fair. We can't validate every single thing everywhere. We would just go back infinitely in verifying this and in, infinite regression of verifications. We can't do that. So. Uh, you know there are different categories of truth. Yes, I would agree. Like this, but what is it? it's, this person says real? Well, what's real truth? Does it mean that which corresponds to actuality? Because that's a correspondence theory of truth. But then we have the problem of what is reality, and we get to the issue of the one and the many, universals and particulars. Then we have uh, literal truth. Well, I don't know what this is meant by literal truth. You mean in writing down, literally, something written? What's a material truth? Is that the same thing as real truth? As uh, the person is saying, materiality? Historical truth? Now, that's a different category, you know, historical truths. Now, that one I would agree, yeah, there are uh, truths that are related to history. Did Alexander the Great exist? You believe he did. Is it true? Well, what's the evidence for it? Then we get what's called uh, J.S. Uh, JTB justified true belief, and a tripartite methodology for determining truth values. This is a secularized uh, view of things. This really gets deep uh, as people get into these discussions and try and talk about them. And that's why you have to have more questions about them. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, there's a receipt for a movie I watched last night, The Foreigner. That was a good movie with Jackie Chan. It was a, it was a good movie it's a serious role when I watched it I enjoyed it uh, let's oh yeah I gotta talk to that guy oh yeah I gotta see put this up here for a link okay now I'm kind of rambling I like that. I've been ministering to a Muslim on your Islam forum board that's right uh, oh that's right another thing I gotta do is is we need help uh, people who can moderate on those forums. And get them more under control, and uh, we almost are praying about that. Maybe somebody you can pray about that too. Some people who would know how to work in the forums. Now the thing is, it can be quite tough. We have a woman, Dara, and she's great, and she oversees them and has moderators, but she needs more moderators to kind of go in and and work with stuff. So I've got to go in and and do that. Um, You know, I say I'm busy, and you know something, I really am. I am so busy. But I like it. And I'm so privileged that at my age, at 66, that I'm privileged to be able to do what I can do. Relatively good health, except for my stupid hearing issues. But hey, what are you going to do? And I'm able to help my wife and help others and stuff. And what a, you know, what a privilege. And you should think about that in your situation. I know there's a lot of people who want to serve God but don't know how. Don't know what capacity. I got a bit of advice for you. What you should do is just ask God to be used. Now, He may prepare you to be used, or He may use you right away. Now, if He's preparing you and things suddenly get tough, okay, you ask for it. And, you know, He's prepping you. Just write it out, go through it. And be used where you're at. There's the thing used where you're at. Helping a lady get groceries in a car, opening a door for someone, mowing your neighbor's lawn, and doing various things where you're at. And to ask God to be used, because the works that he would have ordained for you don't have to be radio, TV, and astronaut. They can be as something as simple as saying hi to your neighbor, cutting the grass for him, uh, changing a tire for somebody, just helping. Just being good in the name of Jesus. And those are some of the ways to be used. And don't think those aren't valuable. Because I'll tell you, I got I don't have time for stories right now, but i got stories where the weirdest things meant a great deal to people that you wouldn't think meant did, but God knows is why He used you. That kind of stuff happens. There's the music. May the Lord bless you. By His grace, I'll be back on here tomorrow. And just let you know, I'll be teaching Bible study tonight in uh, two and a half hours, 930 Eastern Time. It'll be on Match uh, Live. So, Slick, well uh, YouTube. Anyway, God bless everybody. Have a great evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.